All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Mission 300 podcast. We are jumping in mid-conversation on this episode because we've been going back and forth for a little bit about our topic uh, for this episode. And we're talking about ideas. And I have a great idea. Um, Caleb has some great ideas. David has scientifically discovered a way to generate ideas. So that's what we want to talk about. Where do they come from? What do you do with an idea? How do you know if an idea is just something random that you came up with, or if it's a thought from God, something creative from God, or what is going on? So maybe we can start with David's scientific way to generate ideas and get going with that. Okay. The only reason I know this is because uh, a while back, me and my friend were doing a game jam, which means you have 40 hours to come up with a game based on a concept. And coming up with this idea can take you like six hours to five hours if you just cannot think of an idea. It ha a lot of your, and you want to be spending as little time on thinking of the idea as possible, but it has to be a good idea or else the entire game is going to be bad and you're going to spend, waste a ton of time on a bad game. So... Coming up with the idea, the best way I've found is you get you put a big old thing on a whiteboard. You say, this is what I'm trying to think of ideas on, right? Say so you have to do, make for example, in my case, I had to make a game on concept. So I'd write the concept in the middle. Me and a friend would just draw out branches until of different bubbles until we thought of anything that came to mind on ideas. And if something we liked, we would continue drawing branches of what that idea looked like. And then if that one looked bad, then we'd cross it off and go to the next bubble or keep making bubbles, right? And that works pretty well. But if that doesn't work and you still have nothing and you have a lot of time on your hands, start reading in and doing research on what you're trying to look up. And if you do a ton of reading and a ton of watching, I don't know, whatever on what you're trying to think of, you'll start to come up with ideas sooner. Cause if you know a lot about the topic, right? So that's how I've seen it as the best way. I don't know what you guys think about that. So just a little bit of backdrop is uh, David uh, used to enter these uh, programming tournaments. So they would get like 48 hours and you have to create a soft a game, but it's not just creating the game. You have to create the graphics. You have to create the code. You have to create the action. You have to create it executable that you can actually send it off to be judged that it's an actually fully working application. Uh, game uh, just for the listeners to understand what kind of game so there was a lot involved so it wasn't just coming up with an idea it was coming up an, with an idea that you could do so you had to know what your abilities were as well so uh, his friend did like the graphics David did the coding then they kind of worked together to see how it would actually function and work and there was a lot more thought when they have like 48 hours to do this this brings us back to the question about ideas is we need ideas. We need, that's where creativity comes from. That's how we move forward. That's how we advance things. 
Um, that's how we advance ourselves. And, you know, we've talked so much in our podcast about habits and uh, not being a, uh, not being a victim, those, those type of things, like just, just even that concept of being a victim versus being free victims don't think ideas. They, they, they don't think from a perspective, I can create something. They're always trying to bring some kind of justice to where they're at. But if you could step beyond that and think of ideas, you would actually do more in a positive way to advance what you're trying to do. At the same time, you would be free. So anyway, this idea, ideas is the same part of your imagination. It's how we look at things. It's how we open our perspective. Like even, you know, if you're reading the Bible, like David was talking about the habits of reading your Bible. If you don't step back at times and read, like maybe you've read one book like a hundred times because you started your Bible reading plan. So you've read John and then you kind of faded off and then you went and started again the next year. So you read John and then you kind of faded off and then you start again the next year. So there might be a book you've read over and over and over, or you heard it preached many times. So when you're reading it, you're always reading from that lens. So there's times that with, with kind of that creative idea of, you know, because God being a creator, he's all about ideas. If you step back and say, okay, I'm going to reread this with a fresh look without forming any opinions of what I think, all of a sudden new things start coming out. This is part of that idea of imagination and ideas and stepping out of our own mindsets. That brings us to this idea of why it's important is in order to move from where you're at into another place, you're going to have to have a fresh look. You know, the Bible talks about your eyes being open, and that's kind of what I'm referring to with ideas. You're seeing it differently. You're looking at things differently. And then you have thoughts of new applications within that new arena or that new area of your life that's been expanded. So that's why doing this podcast on ideas is ideal. So we can have an idea of how to move forward into our next life. <laughs> and one thing I kind of want to add onto ideas that actually might help a lot when thinking of new ideas is the idea that no, no idea is completely new. There's no such thing as a completely new idea. Like Jordan Peterson talks about how every single book and story comes back to the Bible because you find someone that was inspired off the Bible to write off this, to make a story about this. There's no idea that's completely original. And like even something that's like super out there, like um, evolution or something like that, where we descended from trees and you've got get the famous quote by Bill Nye, who says we're not related to trees. And like, there's a quote in Jeremiah that says, you say to a tree, you are my father, right? Like that even evolution wasn't an original idea, you know, bring back that. I guess we can say there is one original idea and God brought out that idea. But once it's been established, we're working within a framework of things we haven't discovered yet, but already exist. Uh, it Solomon that says, 
that there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new, but maybe we haven't tapped the application of it or we haven't utilized it in a way that's been done before. But it's built off of something else. Uh, it kind of reminds me of that story. Um, the last, the latest King Arthur movie it was out probably about four or five years ago. And the, hold on, what's, is it Richie? What's the director's name? Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. So the director of the movie, Guy Ritchie, who wrote the last King Arthur movie, they're asking him, where did you get this idea and uh, re regarding kind of how the characters play out and kind of the the core storyline, how did you get that storyline? Where where did you uh, come up with that idea? And he's very interesting. He's not claiming to be a Christian or anything else, but this kind of goes back to the point David was making. He said, well, if you go back to the original story of Cain and Abel, you will see that. And so he modeled it around the story of Cain and Abel, which brings us back that these original things, these original starting points that God gave us, are everything else is built out around it. It could be done for the bad, it could be done for the good, but those ideas are established in creation and in the word of God at the very beginning, and we have everything else. So it makes bring, me think of a quote from C.S. Lewis um, when he's talking about originality. And he says, even in literature and art, no man who bothers about originality will ever be original. Whereas if you simply try to tell the truth without caring how often it's been told before, you will nine times out of 10 become original without either, without ever having noticed it. I thought that was so profound, especially coming from a background in music where I would hear constantly in high school and college, it doesn't matter what chord progression you come up with or what melody you come up with. It's been done a hundred times before. You may not have heard all the songs, but it's been done before. Music's been around a long time, you guys. There's no originality left. And yet new music comes out all the time. And it's not because people found a brand new chord progression that never was played before or a brand new melody, especially when it comes to worship music. None of it's original. Been done more than a billion times. But there's something about... And I don't even want to compare the the two things here, but there's something about just where's a problem or what can I tell the truth about or what's where's a need that can be filled? And then an idea comes to meet that need that maybe isn't original in the truest sense of the word, but is original in that it feels like it's coming forth in a new way at that time. Yeah, I think that's really good because even in my like department and in my job like everybody's always like try and be original try and be creative but it's like in some ways you're always taking inspiration from something else so i love what you said about c.s lewis i've never heard that before that quote from him it's a great quote because it's like if you just focused on being creative and not worrying about the originality of it then like i could see how like in the media world if you just focus on making something great then it would probably become original in your own style and everything like that. It's really interesting. And I think you could even replace um, originality for an idea. So instead of a lot of us, or a lot of people don't think they have great ideas or a lot of us that are creative, we worry about the next idea, the next creative idea we're going to have. And maybe instead of that, it's more of a, 
a focus will come out of, well, what needs to be done? What's in front of me? And then things start coming to you from that instead of, man, I really need a brilliant creative idea to get me out of this jam or to do something because I'm bored. Maybe we kind of have it backwards a bit. So I don't know if you write music yourself, Jason, but when you're trying to think of a song to write, how do you generally go about writing a song? For me, it's usually just, it's usually, for me, it's usually just been, I'm either just messing around on the piano or the guitar and a melody pops into my head or I, I accidentally play something that sounded cool and I explore that and I try to flesh it out more or I have an idea for a a lyric or a rhyme scheme that I want to explore and then I just kind of sit there and hash it out. Yeah, because I feel like there's a different way. Like ideas, the greatest ideas you've seen aren't new like usually it's like you see you either see a problem and you want to fix it or you see something else and you think of a way you can make it better like you see a melody or something you put on the guitar and you see like oh i could refine this and make it sound cool like i mean you think of the greatest inventions and the greatest ideas of all time you think of like the wright brothers with the plane they just wanted to be like a bird pretty much you think of the computer They were just trying to solve the Enigma machine. And then they figured out, wow, this can do a lot more than just solve the Enigma machine and crack codes for World War II. And like they kept expanding. I feel like all ideas kind of originate from a problem and trying to fix it. I think, uh, David, you said this earlier about like if you can't come up with an idea, by the way, if you're listening and wondering, well, why do I need to come up with an idea at all? Well, if you're just kind of sitting there and you're not understanding you need an idea to move forward, then sit there long enough and realize that and an idea will start coming to your head that you may need to move forward. So you're going to need some kind of idea to help with that. But if David said this earlier, um, if you can't think through and find an idea, just do more research within the topic line that you're trying to do, go learn some background knowledge about that area. And if we really look at it now, so God is the creator, created everything, and then he rested. So he pretty much set in motion everything. So everything is established now. Now we're drawing from that and adding to it, right? So we're taking from what's been given and and we're building off of it and and adding to it. And I think it's very interesting that really an idea is a compilation of everything you know and putting it together to be more useful either for yourself or for the people that you're trying to bring it to. And it's kind of, so if, if you have a limit on like, I'm just not a creative type, it's not about creating so much as it is about taking what you know and putting it together so it's more useful to someone else or more useful to you. And that's really where that idea process comes from. It's even true with the Bible. Like the more you read it and you just keep reading it, even if you say to yourself, I don't really understand everything that's in here, don't worry about it. Just keep reading it. 
And all of a sudden you're reading in one place and all of a sudden it just makes sense what was happening in this other place. And all of a sudden you start forming a new idea and a new thought around that, that helps you grow and to, to move forward. So again, like ideas are really a compilation off the background knowledge and the experiences that we've had. And I'm referring to ideas from just like a natural point of view. We haven't gotten into when God gives you an idea, but we're just taken from a natural point of view of how ideas evolve. So I guess to throw a little, a little, maybe a fork in the, in the drive here. When we're talking in ideas, what happens like if you, you come up with an idea that's maybe not necessarily true or not right. Um, maybe for an example, if someone's dad beats them as a child and now they think all men are evil, that's an idea. So how do you know when your ideas are based on truth or based on like personal experiences? Does that do with like collaboration? Cause that was, well, I was let's, thinking let's, about... But hold on, let's peel that back just for a moment. You have a mindset about something that isn't an idea. An idea is like a breakthrough. So there's a difference between having a mindset and having an idea. And actually in that case, that would kind of come back to if you just believe all men are evil because you had this experience. Well, that man may have been evil, but all men aren't evil. But the more you start stepping into a creative thought and looking at things differently and being open to say, uh, again, you have to kind of come back to a baseline. So it's coming back to the Bible. You start reading going, wait a second, not all these men were evil. So you kind of break um, an, an idea would help you break the mindset. It brings freedom when you have an idea, not oppression. But I don't think you can have an idea. You can just live within a mindset. And actually, that's what a true idea should do is it breaks a mindset. Like, man will never fly. I mean, that was said before the Wright brothers. Man will never fly. Well, we're flying now. We fly in huge, giant RVs of big tons of steel that are shooting across the sky at, what, 500 miles an hour. That's crazy. That's crazy. And it's just normal. Like, it's just normal for us. Like, getting on an airplane is like getting in a car. But there was a time where man cannot fly. So that's the mindset. The idea pushed beyond the mindset, and now we're flying. So just to differentiate between a mindset and an idea. Actually, Are we talking of, also about of, good I, good ideas and bad ideas? Or not just the good ideas? Okay. Not yet. <laughs> well, I kind of agree with... Uh, Tommy on this like how there's bad ideas like okay that situation made you think that all men are bad but then you get like someone like Stalin who actually like kind of believes certain things like this or you have certain people that believe that all men start out bad and then become good depending on their surroundings or all men are good and then become bad depending on their surroundings and you kind of get in one of these. And I don't really think either of those are necessarily true. I guess it would be probably more true that 
we're bad and then become good because we're in sin, but like, um, there are bad ideas. Like Tommy said, it's not like it's all mental shift that seem like good ideas and you can honestly fact check it a lot, but then eventually it comes to one good idea that points out the flaw in it and then it breaks the whole thing. But I agree with you, David. And again, we're defining there's good ideas and bad ideas. We're just talking about ideas. So, right. I think the difference in just in the terminology with the way we're discussing a mindset would be all men are bad. And then at some point in that life of a mindset, an idea could come up. Maybe all men aren't bad for whatever reason. And that idea sparks a different path. And you can well, have we that could, be a using the Stalin example. If Stalin just said all men are bad and just kept living his life, okay, this is uh, this is being done from a negative side. That's a mindset that would keep him there. Instead, he took that all men are bad. <laughs> And he found ways to grow that idea. And 30 million people are dead and he's running the country. So I guess in a way, his ideas got him there. Again, those are bad, but he didn't. Horrible example. He didn't let the mindset stop him from moving forward. Maybe now again, we have to put this into it. There's a positive and a negative to this and we'll get there, but it's in that case, it's still an idea, but someone who just says, I can't do that because I never had that experience. And so they stay in their same world, good or bad, or like I had a great family. This is how they all are. And they don't realize how the rest of the world functions. That's a mindset that can be bad. So mindsets keep you not moving forward. Ideas are the things that help unlock to get you moving forward. And again, good or bad. Yeah. I think I agree with you, Brian, because it's like that belief, all men are bad, ideas will spring from that. And then that belief supports the ideas like as you play them out. So the problem solving is, well, we need to get rid of men because all men are bad is the idea that came from the belief. So then if it's like a good belief, maybe good ideas will come from it. And then from there, your beliefs can change and more ideas will come from it. But I think, yeah, the key difference there is like what you believe versus what you're going to act upon that belief. Like the idea is the action of that belief, like forming itself, which is like creativity, problem solving and all that. I think too, that shows for our purposes, the importance of ideas, because that's what gets you moving towards a direction in something. It's not necessarily this is a mindset or a state of being. The ideas are what compel you towards something, whatever that is, the initial spark. And as we finish up, we'll get to the point where thinking from a God perspective of ideas versus a fallen man's perspective ideas, but you have to still kind of establish both. Like I was thinking of the movie, um, uh, is it Social Network, the story of Facebook? Um, according to the movie and the book, so I don't know for sure, but based on, on that, Mark Zuckerberg was really kind of almost more like a kid that wanted the greatest invention to get into the greatest group but they wouldn't let him into the group. So a bitterness came. So he established something else. 
And it almost became out of a maliciousness that I'm going to form something and I'm going to create something. I'm going to let people in who I want to let in and not let in people who I don't want to let in. And all of a sudden, this thing, this this idea starts evolving. And the next thing you know, we have Facebook. And it's interesting, Facebook wasn't formed off a positive idea. It was formed off of a uh, almost a rebellion towards what a pain. And it, and it's very interesting. You know, it it's not it's not built built like that. However, it is built. We've all learned things. It is creative. It is a new idea. There's a lot of problems with it, so I'm not here to analyze whether it's good or bad. I'm just saying it's changed the world. <laughs> the idea of a social media has changed the entire world. And an idea did that. So now maybe we could kind of shift over. What does a God idea look like? Because the, there's other ideas that have been built that have been life world changing, but have been extremely harmful. Well, let's just trans let's transition this over to because I think now we've opened up this big picture. Ideas change things, but they can be established on something good or they can be established on something bad. But there's still something in a sense that are creative that is compiling the way things were and establishing something new. So you could say, so how, if if this way of living and our, our minds are designed to have ideas and to be creative, now it brings us back, what does a God idea look like versus what does a uh, an idea that kind of falls out of our broken nature? Well, okay. If we're talking about revelations in the Bible, I think a God idea is whatever lines up to scripture. And then that that's just a God idea because that's just a fact in the Bible, right? Like, but the thing is, fact checking what you've learned in the Bible is really important. As I've learned from making very many mistakes in ideas like for example when paul says run the race i kind of took that as like or for the prize like run to win the prize and i was thinking well paul ran pretty hard so it means he won the prize or something like that maybe there's a tier system in heaven maybe there's different ranks of in heaven depending on what areas you judge and then it was just an idea and I kind of started to take it as fact. But then the Bible kind of kicks your butt if you do enough reading. Like, if you come up with a super controversial idea, I would say you can't say it's facts unless you read the entire New Testament trying to prove that idea. Because pretty soon I came across the parable of how the different people were working different times. Like, Jesus came up to one guy, I said, he said, I'll give you 10 coins if you work all day. Then he goes to another guy halfway throughout the day, he needs more laborers, I'll give you 10 coins if you work halfway throughout the day. At the end of the day, they both got 10 coins, and he said that's how the kingdom of heaven is. And then that entire theory kind of get got thrown in the trash, right? Like, if you read the entire, even just the New Testament, 
for clarification on a verse that completely says it's true or not true, then that's a verification of the idea. But if you can't do that, then you can't say it's a true idea from God because everything in the Bible is from God. So let me let me ask a, um, I guess, kind of a scenario or a question on that line with the ideas. So a friend of mine who's a pastor was asking me the other day why, or we were talking about the Bible, why certain books are in the Bible. And he asked the question, what would I think if there were people today that felt led by the spirit to write a book that would be considered biblical? Where's our, where's our guidelines on that? So if someone has an idea that's led by the spirit or filled with the spirit to write something in the same format or the same idea as a book of the Bible, why wouldn't we include that in the Bible? So if someone has an idea, this essentially the question is, we have spirit-filled people, leaders, pastors, evangelists that are spirit-led, and they have an idea, kind of like what we're talking about, how do we classify that idea? And how do we tell if it's true or not? And to what degree it's true? And what depth? And do we include it with other ideas and things? Well, there, there has to be some kind of standard of measurement. And if you come up with a new book, like you, if you sit and read from Genesis all the way through, it is really quite remarkable. The same pattern and theme is throughout every single book. There's 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 a connector that's that's consistent cross time. And if you're wanting to write something that is becoming like if you want to write a book that actually is a greater wisdom, a greater understanding than the Bible, I challenge that that wh why would you be doing that? What would be the point? So now we're talking about a good idea and a bad idea. It seems to me like a bad idea because it's almost more like you're trying to come up with something new for yourself versus if you're coming up with something for someone else, why not just help them read the existing Bible and let let God speak to them? Why, why are you trying to nutshell it that you become that source of information? And so I think now we're going to deal with intent and ideas that it seems like the God ideas has a great effect for the benefit of everyone and including you, but it has a benefit for others. It seems like the other ideas has more of a benefit of how can I get something out of this and leverage it? Like, how can I create the best product that people will only buy mine? And you try to corner a market on it. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm saying that isn't really necessarily coming from the point of a God idea that sets people free. It just means you create a new product that you were able to, people wanted to buy. So you're saying ideas can have motives. Absolutely. Everything, everything has a motive in what we do. Wouldn't that be a good question to ask ourselves when we're looking at our ideas? Yeah. Or I other think people's. I think when coming up with those ideas, there's a danger in if your idea is strictly from reading the Bible, you find a verse and you find an idea that comes out of that verse. Because in the like early, I think like even great awakening time, people were saying like there's a quote where someone said the Bible should be understood on a logic basis, right? So we can logically come to the conclusions 
And that's a dangerous idea because then that out of that came like deism where God started the earth and just kind of left and now it's just running, right? Without a God, right? So I think to, you have to make sure it's straight from a verse you found and that's how you know if it's a good idea or a bad idea. Like I said. You mean like just like one verse or like, like can you explain that a little more? I mean, I guess the Bible does say two witnesses. So if you find two verses, that's going to be a lot better than one because a lot of times you can kind of come up with an idea on how that one verse doesn't really mean what you think it means. So if you get two, it's going to help a lot. But I do believe that if there's only one verse that explains it, it's still true because the Bible's refined like gold seven times. I mean everything in it's true right but having a second witness could make sure that what you're reading means what you think it means i think also your ideas will usually come from like what you believe about the world because if you have an idea like to problem solve something it's going to be based on your belief about that problem or about the things around you. So I think also like making sure that your beliefs are like pure hearted and even at your core, who you are is motivated purely, then your ideas from there will be better and you can count on them being more good ideas. If you like, before you even start having ideas, think of like, okay, who am I to this problem? like you know ask those questions that are more about like the core of the issue than just coming up with an idea to solve a problem or different things like that or just coming up with an idea to be creative because it's coming from somewhere like the idea comes from something so depending on where it comes from will depend on how that idea plays out and if it's good or not so to really like check yourself before you just start going for ideas that randomly pop into your head would probably be helpful too so what you're saying is i could put you into an environment and feed you certain bits of information constantly and over time you'll come up with ideas but i in a way i'm kind of manipulating where you're going with that idea so i think coming back to it to begin with there has to be a baseline of truth that you are willing to anchor into and from that, everything else, I'll, I'll give you an example. It said in um, uh, Exodus 25.40 and 26.30 um, and Exodus 27.8, it talks about Moses is being told by God how to build a tabernacle. And God shows him what the tabernacles to look like. And then he's to build it. So he said, look and look that thou make them after the pattern, which was showed you in the mount. And 2630, and thou shalt rear up the tabernacle according to the fashion thereof that was showed you in the mount. And Exodus 27, 8, hollow the boards that thou shalt make it as it was showed you in the mount, you shall make it. So if we, maybe if we take this, this thought we're working on today, and we took ideas, if we went back and actually 
didn't read the Bible for information, which we've talked about that before, but we read it for relationship that we're getting to know God. Keep in mind, God called Moses a friend. So he had a relationship with God and they interacted and God showed things to Moses that was based in truth. And it was from there that he created. And so a lot of the new ideas or the ideas that we can have that make change, it's coming out of the relationship to the source of truth. So there has to be that, that baseline. And it won't be, it's interesting, Moses was established. Moses was a friend of God. He didn't have to do things to become a deliverer. He already was, which is that foundation point. So once we know what we are, and we're not doing something to prove something, or we're not doing something to try to just get something, we're doing something because it's what we are, and now we're operating out of it. I think we can find some of the most powerful ideas because there'll be an image of it that you've seen that is true. And as you know, as you read through the scripture, you start seeing this. And that's why it's a big deal for me of getting people to read through the Old Testament, not from a perspective of negative, but even looking at the characters and the mosaics of each character, because there's pictures of Jesus in each one of those characters. And you start getting to see him in, in, in the light of how God defined him, because Jesus didn't just wake up one morning and have just an epiphany at the age of 12, he knew the Bible, like he knew the Torah, he, he had studied it, he had known it. And so when God started speaking to him, it was all based in that, even though it looked like a new idea, but it was established in the resonance of all those mosaics that he read. Brian, you were talking about a thought versus an idea. Is there a difference between a thought and an idea? Is an idea something you would take action on versus a thought, maybe something you just throw out there to discuss? I, I think they're both the same. This is coming from the thought perspective. We're kind of drifting a little bit and we'll come back to a positive way that we need ideas. But there's a lot to traverse in, in this thing. But it says James 115 or 114 through 116. It says, this is talking about temptation, but you could do it on a positive thing too. Like it, it works both directions. It says, each one is tempted when by his own evil desires, he's lured away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And then it goes on to say, uh, do not... Be do not be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we'd be kind of the first fruits of his creation. And so there's a picture here that this is talking about how sin enters in. It's a thought. Then it becomes meditated on and it becomes a desire, and then it becomes sin, and then it it keeps growing, and then pretty soon it brings forth death. So that's the, the progression of an evil thought, right? But he goes on to say that 
every good and perfect gift comes from above. So the same way you got that thought that's bringing forth death is the same way we get the right thought that brings forth light, life, which that is the, I'm using the term ideas probably just more to make a common word, but really at the end of the day, we're dealing with how does a thought change us and bring forth something? So it is based on a lot of our background knowledge, but if we made the priority, as David said eloquently on habits, where to start, read your Bible. If we let the thoughts from the Bible start trickling in like, oh, I have an idea, and we let that kind of germinate, it brings forth the fruit or the life or the creativity or the action or the new way out of that. This goes a different direction. And so those are the two patterns of of that. But it goes to show everything is done by thoughts or by ideas, one way or the other. Yeah, like the verse that says that the spirit brings remembrance to things. It brings remembrance. So if you never learned it in the first place, it's not going to remind you or think, I mean, there's been some cases where people prophesied verses and then it's like, oh, wow, it's literally the exact verse. But like 99% of the time, the spirit brings remembrance to a verse. I I think one thing that we don't really realize now is how much meditating we actually do on things. And it can apply to so many different aspects of life. When I think of, like, an example I think of is, like, sometimes if you think so much, I don't want to do one this one thing, like, I don't want to do it, you're almost meditating on that one thing that it almost makes yourself do that thing that you don't want to do. Does that make sense? Like, if you're you're thinking so much about, like, Oh, I really like this girl, but I'm 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 maybe dating someone else. Well, it, it's that thought that you just keep stirring on and stirring on and stirring on that it almost you 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 can't stop yourself but do what you've thought about doing. But if you think about how much you maybe love the person you're with, those thoughts would never come and that act would never occur. There's there's so many different examples. I mean, when I think about with work too. When we're thinking of like marketing ideas, it's all, my boss just says to me like, just go and just go think. I'll do the same and we'll come back. And that meditation, you think about it, you think about it all day, you just kind of you keep doing your work, you think about it. And then suddenly that spark hits where you, you get that thought that actually can produce something. And it's because you've been thinking about it all day. And it applies to the word. And I think that's how Christians should be living so much so that we, we, we can read one verse. All you need is one verse. You meditate it on all day and watch what it produces. Now, is it dangerous to just have one verse the whole rest of your life? Probably. But maybe if you just started with one verse, you could get to the point where you, you could actually be growing closer to God and have a relationship with God. Well, take that point of, from the idea of a thought, 
if you took the one verse, say that's the only verse you knew, and you took it, you didn't spend time telling someone else about the verse. You tend to spend time doing that verse till it became a part of you. Then two things will happen. You'll start learning. God will start speaking to you of the application because you'll be like, uh, this ain't working. Like, what? how does this work? And then new verses will come along. Then when you speak it, you're speaking as if it's yours. I think... I think the one danger point that we get, especially in this light, someone will come up with an idea or a theory. And rather than being a good scientist and go test it and work with it and make it real and try to disprove it in a, in, in a healthy sense, like you're, you're working and you're toiling with it. Instead, we just spread it as if it's true because we had an idea. That's called ideology. That isn't a healthy place because it's not based in anything. And so th those are theories. And so it, it becomes important and our world is filled with theories now. Not fact, not truth, theories. And you have to abide by those and you can't have an idea outside of that ideology don't don't you find it interesting that here we're talking about ideas but the world is trying to control ideas see if they can control your idea your, your thought life they can control you and this is fundamental this isn't like some end time conspiracy they've been doing this for for forever if they can control the way you think they can control you and the bible makes it clear on a negative side and a positive side. But if you start putting the word of God in and truth in, you'll change and they can't control you. That's what's hated about the word of God. Yeah, they, they don't hate many books, but they hate the word of God. I mean, they hate it. Why? Because there's a baseline of power in there that once you start connecting into it, you become something different and you become a, to them, a tree that's out of control. So I, I was on a work trip recently, and I think this might maybe apply somewhat to what we're talking about here. And I got, we're, we're talking with a group of different vendors in the industry I'm in, and they're all kind of, we're just talking, we're all getting along. And then everyone's kind of started to dissipate, kind of, everyone started to go kind of separate ways. And it was just me and one competitor of ours left at the table and we had a very interesting conversation it went a lot of different directions but what it left me with was such a bad taste in my mouth that I, I felt so much disdain and I didn't like this guy and I meditated that all night all night I couldn't even go to sleep because I was just so frustrated with where this conversation had went the the different experiences but what what i found out is he didn't he didn't do anything wrong he just robbed me of my focus he took my focus away from how can i be a better salesperson how can i be more competitive in my market how can i produce a, a better solution to a problem that my customers are dealing with he took that attention and brought it towards himself and that ruined me for a whole day. 
a whole day that took me out of the game. And I think it's so interesting, like, it, it's not about, it's about where your attention goes. My attention was so, fo- I was so focused, my thoughts were so focused on him that I couldn't do anything on my own. And I think that's the same thing with walking with God. If your attention is so focused on what the devil's trying to do to you or what the devil's doing in your life, you're going to be stuck forever. So shift your focus from the devil to start walking with God and you'll see you'll see things in a whole new light and you'll you'll walk where you probably never would expect. And I guess just my my closing thought is is watch Watch your thoughts. Watch where your focus goes. Because there's going to be distractions that come. It's the easiest way to get you off your course is a distraction. I mean, that's like the inception thing of planting an idea in someone and then seeing it just wreck them. It's so funny to see how an idea planted can have such drastic effects. Just by planting this little seed in there, and then letting the the person's brain take it any direction and go crazy with it. Like I, I, I wonder in your story, Tommy, if the guy was doing that intentionally just because he knew it would mess with you. If he said things, I mean, probably not. But I have no idea who this guy is. But I just I think of that. I've I've known people like that, where they will say things in conversation that they don't believe and don't actually feel, but they know it's going to mess with your head and that's going to do something later on. And that's obviously a bad thing to do for anybody listening, but think of how powerful that is where you can just say something or plant an idea or make a comment to someone and it just festers in their head and it messes them up. And you can use that for positive things too. I cannot tell you the number of times where I've, just done that in a positive way with a comment or an idea that I say to someone and weeks later, they're like, man, I've been thinking about this since you said it. And I think we need to one, you know, be proactive in giving that out, but also in receiving that in a sense of where you're going to go, you need those ideas planted in you to get you there to get your mind focused on those things. And spoiler alert, if you guys haven't been listening to this podcast for very long, that needs to come from God as your father. I'm going to just throw one closing thing because I, I really have picked, you know, talking through this whole whole idea about ideas, we always end up coming to a conclusion, but I'm kind of happy about the way we start out much bigger and get down to it because I I pick up so much listening to you guys sharing different aspects. And I've come to this con- this thought, and Jason, you just brought up the movie Inception. I, I do recommend watching that movie. It's-, it's really interesting, the whole concept. The But there was a point where they had to do the, the main mission, the main core of the movie. They had to get this idea planted in this individual so that he would sell his companies. And so they were plotting, how are we going to take this idea and go deep, 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 deep into this guy so it becomes his idea that he wants to sell his companies, not being pressured to sell the companies. This was the the plot of the movie. 
And I, it was so fascinating when they were asking the architect, what's the, where is the place you need to go to, to get this idea? Where in the, the heart or mind of this person, do you have to plant that idea? And he looked at him and says, it all begins with a relationship with his father. And I thought this, this, this whole thing is like, we're coming back down to it. When we know God is a father and that we know his word, we can trust his word as the baseline. Then his spirit is really what is animating or bringing the ideas for us to sow into us to light. And I thought it was just fascinating that the spirit of God, his first thing that it says he reveals in Romans is that we are children of God. So our identities become established in the very first thought that the Holy Spirit starts working on. And then everything else begins to go from there. I think talking about ideas and planting ideas, something that has really helped me in the past or that I've found to be useful when it comes to ideas is sometimes I've had ideas that are just like random little thoughts and I kind of brush them off because it's like, oh, I can't do that. Or it might not be that good of an idea, but it really could be something that is really powerful and helpful for your life. And sometimes when I come back to those old ideas, even little things that are just little practical ideas that were like a seed, like what we've been saying, like, like that just randomly popped in my head a while ago. I think sometimes there's things that we can miss because we have so many ideas all the time that it can't hurt to go back and look at things, even if like, because in the moment, the circumstances weren't great. And so I think sometimes looking back at our ideas that may have been ideas from God and we just didn't pay attention to it enough, but it's just like that small seed, like what we were saying, like it's just a small thing planted in us. I think it's a great exercise to go through and look like even write down ideas you have because you can go and look through them practically instead of letting them slip away in the moment. And it's good to review your ideas because then you can think about them like we were talking about and say like, oh, what was the motivation for that? Or where did that idea come from? Like, think about like, what were the moments that led to that idea? And I think that'll help also of like coming up with ideas because you'll see what like triggers ideas to come to you or different things in your life that like lead to ideas and see where your ideas are coming from. So I think a great exercise is to go back and look at ideas and think about circumstances surrounding them and different things like that to practice, like really analyzing and thinking about what ideas you've had. So this is like a practical thing to do coming away from talking about ideas to really start understanding your own ideas, learn from them. All right. We appreciate you guys tuning into this episode. Hopefully you've got some value out of it. If you have, let us know if you haven't, Go back and listen to it again until you do get something out of it. Until a fresh new idea pops into your head from this episode, just keep it on repeat. But seriously, I hope you guys are keeping in mind that ideas are what drive you. Even if you don't think of yourself in that way, that's how you're designed to operate. So you need to ask the question, what ideas are driving you and what your father has planted in you. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Until next time, keep the faith and stay in the fight.